You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. everyone to another episode of rb1 colon a fantasy football podcast brought to you by faketeams.com i am the humblest of humble hosts pete rogers joined as always by john barnett and clark barnes guys how are you doing well here doing great pete fantabulous i Cannot have predicted a better opening than that, and we just nailed it. So that's all. That's all I have to report. We can just call it a pod. We'll just call it. A- all right. We'll see. Good work, everyone, and uh, thank you for tuning in. And I know you came here for fantasy advice, but really, I know you just come here for the opening, and then once there's a good opening, you just kind of tune out. So that's- I just checking to make sure I'm all right. Exactly. Exactly. That's all. That's all that these podcasts are constructed on. We pretend that it's a fantasy football podcast just so that fake teams will produce it. But really, it's just Clark and I checking in on John to make sure that, you know, he's doing all right. And of course, our mothers who are our only listeners. And of course, of course, I know as as someone who still lives (laughs) near my mom, but not right next door. Uh, that she uh, any day that she can hear my voice is a day well spent. So, Kathy, this goes out to you. Uh, excellent. Well, we got a lot in store today. Um, we are going to tackle, talk about some quick injuries, really quick breeze over that. Uh, then for the crux of the podcast, we're going to start doing some trades. You know, it's week three and, you know, you can start or going into week four now, I guess. And we can start, uh, debating about what kind of maneuvers, shrewd maneuvers you should be able to make. Uh, then we'll do a little start and sits. And then finally a Thursday night preview, because last week we were so successful on that, that we figured, I mean, Keep it rolling, right? Yeah. yeah. As long as Clark predicts every single score, then we're bound to win. Man, you know I've got no problem picking both teams and throwing a few (laughs) scores out there. That's the way to do it. Uh, So we'll start off with the injury report, which is brought to you by me just reading Rotor Report. And I'm just going to breeze right through this. Any of you guys have something to comment on a certain player that I mentioned, feel free to stop me and interrupt. Um, But I am just going to rattle these names off. Uh, Julio Jones is listed as questionable with a back injury, but he will play. So worry not. I am someone who is starting him regardless of the questionable designation. So... You shalt worry, just like I. I think he'll be fine as long as the Falcons continue to manage his touchdown allergy. It is kind of, <laughs> it is kind of upsetting that he has yet to score. He hasn't scored double digits in his career, which is flabbergasting for a wide receiver of his talent. Uh, yeah, I mean, the touchdown allergy yeah. thing I stole from someone from Twitter from like three oh, years ago. Oh, so if you're, if you're listening, oh, Clark. I want to give you credit. Uh, but that was a good line, so I used it. You had us. You had it. Yeah, you could have Let totally played that off. You could have. We'll talk to our producer. We'll have our producer just cut that part out. So, Clark, you just sound like a genius. No, no, man. I like to give credit where credit's due. It's not plagiarism if you cite your work. It's fair. It was you just just 
at us and let us know who you were. Yes, exactly. There it is at RB one podcast. Send us a little tweet and we'll make sure to uh, give you all the credit in the world. Moving on. Isaiah Crowell questionable with the shoulder. I'm not thrilled by that since he is not exactly produced at the level that I thought he was going to be producing this season, but nonetheless, uh, will be likely to play. So again, I'm going to be starting him regardless of the little cue, uh, though his little cue I'm a little more worried about. But the last time I didn't start someone because of a shoulder injury, it was Jordan Howard last week, and I live to regret that. So maybe Isaiah Crowell will do the same thing right back to me. Next, DeAndre Hopkins. Clark, this is for you. He's, He's quest- questionable He's with a knee, but don't worry about it. Uh, Texas are just keeping it chill with him. So if Clark's not worried, you shouldn't be worried either. He's fine. Boom. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Heard it here first. Jay Ajayi didn't practice Wednesday, but he is playing. I didn't realize this. Uh, thanks to Roto Report. Uh, and feel free to contact us, Roto, if you want to sponsor this segment. Uh, I didn't realize that he was born and raised in London for the first seven years of his life. I didn't know that either, I guess. Yeah. Or if I did, I've forgotten it. So, uh, and so, yeah. So the Dolphins, I don't know who they're, who are they playing? Uh um, I forget who they're playing, but their production playing. value today is just it's just off the charts. So save good. us, save us here. A plus. Uh, but they're playing in London. So uh, so there you go. So also don't forget that you should be setting your lineups early Sunday since games start at 9 a.m. Moving down the list, Matt Forte has turf toe. Is he playing? Who cares? Uh, you shouldn't start anyone from the Jets. And finally, Amari Cooper is listed. But is all good. Again, just like DeAndre Hopkins, he's fine. Don't stress. But uh, you should stress a little bit if you started him last week because, my goodness, that was not a stellar performance put on by him. Yeah, th- this just in, Pete. The Dolphins are playing the Saints. There it according is. According to the internet. Perfect. So, yeah, the Saints. Oh, actually, I knew that because – well, I didn't – I mean, I couldn't recall that off the top of my head. But I knew that because there was a picture of Drew Brees wearing some sort of soccer jersey kit whilst spectating a game. So taking in London before the game had even started. That is a true person who wants to uh, commit themselves to the culture of the uh, city that they're playing in. He's an ambassador. (laughs) He is an ambassador. (laughs) Uh, So there you go. There's the injury report, the best injury report you'll ever get. Uh, And uh, now you will, you're up to date with all the major injuries and you know exactly how to set your lineups going forward. So you're welcome. Now, Moving on to the actual important stuff, the the uh, fun stuff of the show, we're going to be talking some trades. Uh, so we're just going to be presenting a couple trades and we're just debating about who says no in this situation. Um, because, you know, we're three weeks into the season and it's time to start thinking about what shrewd kind of maneuvers that you can make to improve your team. And I've made many references on the show about how I like to take advantage of people who maybe aren't so hip to the fantasy times. Uh, so that is something that I will be trying to construct around here, but let's start with you, Clark. Why don't you give us a first trade scenario and we can debate on who says no. All right. So keeping in theme for the past few episodes, uh, I'm going to change the rules for the game just for myself. Excellent. Uh, so, so we're going to play. You, gotta stay on brand, Clark. you have to stay on brand yeah, and you are nailing brand. that right now. This is, this is what I do. So I would like to play, uh, who would you trade for blank? And the first one I've got up is LaShawn McCoy standard scoring. It's number 17 right now. And I got a list of a few guys and, uh, like to get your thoughts on it. We got Leonard Fournette is number five. Carlos Hyde, number six. CJ Anderson, 11. Mike Gillisley, 12. 
about where would you put LaShawn McCoy in that group if you wanted to go out and get him? Hmm. I would say above CJ. The first two are Fournette and who else? And Carlos Hyde coming Carlos off the big Thursday night. I like Carlos Hyde a lot. I think that he's the perfect running back for Shanahan's system, and you're starting now to see the benefit of playing in a system that actually utilizes a running back's full uh, skill set. I would say LaShawn McCoy, for me, falls... Uh, I would say right between Fournette and Hyde. That, that's kind of where I was going to put him. I was going to put him ahead of Hyde. Um, I like Hyde. He's going to have a couple matchups there that I'm maybe not as fond of. And McCoy is going to get tons of touches. He's still getting 20 touches a game, it seems. Yeah, I still put him up there. He's he's up in that top area. Um, I, I wouldn't put him any lower than that. I, I would consider just saying that I wouldn't trade him for any of those people. And I guess as a personal trade rule, I don't like trading one for one if they're both the same position because... That makes There's sense. a very clear winner and loser there uh, rather than, you know, like you're certain the other person thinks you're the idiot. So it takes a while to try to make sure you're not getting always, you don't both win. Yeah. I just like, I just like Fournette over McCoy because a McCoy always tends to miss a couple games here and there because of uh, injuries. And also I tr- I seemingly, and this could be completely irrational. I trust Fournette's, kind of like goal line threat and just the Jaguars force feeding Fournette day in and day out and making sure that he gets his touches and gets his hundred yards a game and gets his, you know, one to two touchdowns. So I'm kind of like basing around that, that the Jaguars are just going to kind of construct their offense to make sure that Fournette gets his. Understandable. I'll trade, I'll trade all these guys for the Sean McCoy. He's had kind of a rough schedule to start. He's got the Falcons, Bengals, Bucks coming up next, so no no cupcakes there. But then he gets the Raiders, the Jets, the Saints, the Chargers, the Chiefs. Chiefs are tough. But then he finishes Pats, Colts, Dolphins, Pats. Yeah. So I think McCoy is just going to get off to a slow start. Um, and I, I liked this one a lot because I really want to drive the point home that McCoy is number 17 in standard leagues find the person that's panicking and offer him something decent and get get mccoy on your team you were talking about the fournette gets making sure fournette gets his 100 yards he had 100 yards in the first game on 26 carries and then 40 yards rushing and 59 yards rushing um i thought he did better against the ravens no no he had 17 rushes for 59 yards three receptions for 21 more so he had 80 total yards, but he's had a touchdown in each game and going three straight weeks of touchdowns, getting you a a bunch of points there. At some point you say, well, when he has a game where he doesn't have a touchdown and he's just eight points, Sean McCoy is also going to get you eight points. I, I don't know. I don't say that I think he's that much better than McCoy at this point. I would, I would take McCoy. That's fair. I'm with Clark. That's fair. Uh, This is the perfect segue because actually my first trade, and I got this because this is actually a trade that has been proposed to me in one of my leagues. So I figured, hey, why not get your guys' opinion and uh, our listenership, which is our mom's. Uh, opinion just taking over the podcast for your own team. That's great. Exactly. That's. I mean, that's the. Yeah. Exactly. Um, So the the proposed trade is. LaShawn McCoy constructed off of that. LaShawn McCoy and Brandon Marshall for Stefan Diggs and Chris Carson. Who says no? I want Diggs and Carson. That's exactly Just, my train of thought. No, no doubt. 
I mean, Carson's okay. You have no one has any idea what's going to happen in Seattle, but would you be surprised if Carson finishes with twelve hundred rushing yards? No, no, I'll take Diggs. Yeah, I, oof, I love it. Yeah, I, like I said, lean Diggs at this point, as Diggs being the more. And that I, I don't know what else the Giants are doing other than just throwing to Odell at this point in terms of what their offensive plan is. Uh, I definitely yeah. think it's a fair trade. I don't think it's really lopsided. I just like one side a lot. Yeah, I figured this one would John might be able to give us uh, his a more be able to provide more insight than the previous one because again, this is a trade that it's not one for one, and they're different positions. So I thought this would be right up your alley, John. Yeah, I guess the 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 only hesitation to have is that sometimes just Thalen is going to take over a game more than Diggs mm. or up and down. But that's I guess that's kind of the nature of the receiving groups for anybody who isn't one of those top five guys. You know, if we're not talking about a trade with you know AJ Green or Jordy or something, then we're not we're not talking about every week. So there's going to be weeks where we're going to be down, and Diggs can be one of those guys. He'll have games like last week, or he'll have games like week two. And his quarterback position right now is who knows what's going on with Bradford's knee. So, yeah, but I still yeah. think that he's going to get more targets than Marshall is Marshall. You're trading on the name more than you're trading on the production at this point. So I would lean towards Diggs. So I think that that's the way I would lean is, yeah, I'd be willing to make that if I'm, if I'm on that end of it. And I guess, depending where I am, I don't know where else if I would go on the other side, it, you know, if I really needed running back, that was more, stable i would go the other way getting mccoy if i had better receivers somewhere else on the line and i this is my i got marshall's my flex then yeah that's what i'm talking uh sean mccoy is the best running back in the deal and Stefan diggs is the best receiver in the deal i feel like the other two are just kind of toss-ins right i think mccoy for diggs is fair and i think that we're going to see diggs take another big step or this year even if he's playing with some shaky quarterbacks you know uh case Keenum has no fear which you know for football is not always the best thing in the world but for fantasy football means you are just great because if the quarterback is awful they'll get behind and then we'll see some Blake Bortles effect up there in Minnesota so I'm I'm (laughs) I'm head over hills on digs even though I I hate to give up McCoy uh John do you have a trade for us yeah, here's one that I think is just interesting in terms of underproducing, but perhaps being people who you may like the upside more. Uh, and I guess, you know, if you pick a side or which side you want to go with this one, Isaiah Crowell for Terrell Pryor. Ooh. See, this this is a very personal one for me because both those guys were on my hype train going into this season. Yeah, and both of them are guys I, I like, and I have them in a couple different leagues each, and uh, neither has performed like I would have yeah. wanted. I think they'll get something later, but Terrell Pryor is the one that surprises me probably more at this point because we even saw Kirk Cousins give you something last week, and Terrell Pryor still wasn't worth much of anything. So, yeah, that ter- that terrified me watching that. I wrote that I wrote about this when I did my week three biggest appointment disappointments on on fake teams, um, and I wrote Terrell Pryor on there purely because we saw Kirk Cousins. Finally, played like the Kirk Cousins that does like that. Um, and Terrell Pryor was not at all involved, which is worrisome <laughs> to me. Yeah, this like is a that. really, really square deal because it's hard to, I mean, it's really hard to pick which guy you'd like more. I think on this one, 
it just comes down to needs. If I have to pick in a vacuum, I'm going to pick Pryor because we've seen Kirk Cousins really kind of light it up in bad games before. And I don't think the Browns are going to put up 28, 35 points very often. So both players are good, kind of middle of the road, 16th to 25th best player at their position in the league, maybe at the top end of their potential. So I don't know, just based on gut feeling, which a uh, great analysis, I know. I think I'm going to go with Pryor here. That's interesting. I was I was about to go with Crowell because I think that Pryor and Cousins clearly have a little more figuring out to do, and there are just other weapons in Washington. And I kind of have this feeling that if Hugh Jackson loses one or two more games on the shoulders of Deshaun Kaiser, that he's going to kind of start worrying about his job and the kind of the, the new and the fantastic, fantastic phantasm of that's not the right word, but whatever of Hugh Jackson's going to start wearing off in Cleveland. And he's going to instead turn and be like, all right, we need to establish the run game. We invested a lot of money and resources into the offensive line. And we have constructed that for this very purpose. We need to get Isaiah Crowell or any running back, but particularly Crowell, uh, you know, 20 plus touches. We need to get him the ball and really kind of build a strong run game that we can run play action and kind of build our offense around. So that if I'm predicting right now, which one has the most upside or potential to like shift their course dramatically for me, it's Crowell. And I think that the, what I want to take out of this and the way I phrased mine, because I'm changing my rules from what Clark changed the rules to. Nice. Love it. <laughs> um, basically, basically uh, this is, this is a trade that I think works. I think it's fair. I think it addresses things. If you have prior and you're feeling all right with your other receivers, but need running back help, this is a reach out to the guy who has been hanging on to Isaiah Crowell and feeling sad about a receiving core or vice versa. So yeah, I think trade is actually, it would work fair in that regard. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's, it's a really good one because I can see this popping up all over the place and both owners feeling like they've won it. And I want the other owner to regret their decisions all season, but if you want to be fair and nice about it, this is a really good one. I like it. Great trade. Uh, Clark, give me your second, uh, give me a second trade that you, or a second player who you would like to know who we trade for since you are playing the game differently, which is hundred percent <laughs> respectful. Okay. This one may be easy. Uh, who would you not trade for Kareem Hunt? <laughs> Okay, elaborate, elaborate on that. <laughs> is, is Kareem Hunt the number one player in fantasy? Is there any player that you would not give up uh, to get Kareem Hunt onto your team? I don't think there's a single player. I mean, if we're going to be doing something for Kareem Hunt, I imagine that you're going to want to work it as taking some dead weight off their roster and giving them two players who are potentially valuable. You want to probably give them a running back who is somewhere you know, down that list, something like, you were talking about earlier, um, maybe Fournette or something like that, and get him probably something lower down the list than Fournette. Uh, and trying to add a receiver or something else to that mix. Um, if we're talking about guys who've maybe underperformed, you know, maybe adding Trell Pryor and someone like Fournette to go get Kareem Hunt and then add, you know, whatever guy they're not actually planning on starting uh, on their roster is, is kind of how I think I would bulk that. I don't know if those are the exact names I would pick out at this point. But that that's kind of how you'd have to work it, I think, right? 
Yeah, I think you would have. It would definitely be a package deal. I'm trying to think of who, what running back I like uh, as a as a piece to this. I mean, maybe you could do like a, ah, oh, like a potential sell high on a guy, and also pair him with someone who's you know magically consistent. Uh, you know, maybe you do like a Chris Thompson, like a Jordy, if you really were trying to push this trade through. Like, so like, the, not gilding the lily then. Kareem Hunt is the number one player in fantasy football then. Yeah, I don't think there's a single player. There's no player that jumps out to me as I'm going to be like, yeah, I would trade one for one. I would If I had Kareem Hunt and someone was like, hey, I'm give you Tom Brady for Kareem Hunt, I'd be like, <laughs> put someone else. Yeah, in definitely, not, definitely not quarterback. Um, I don't know. How about someone like Antonio Brown, who's been consistent target? Consistent high targets uh, and and good yards on those. Maybe see, if Pete, I see somebody. Is, Pete is not the only one who uses this podcast to float trade ideas that are going around in his league. Yeah. Someone has shown some interest in my Antonio Brown, and they have Kareem Hunt. So this was me just running it past you guys. I feel like Antonio Brown for Kareem Hunt. I want. I'm gonna. Propo- I'm gonna do that. I think I'm gonna propose that and see if he'll bite. Is it a PPR league? Oh yeah, it's PPR, crazy scoring rules, all kinds of. If it's, if it's super PPR, high scoring. so this is what I was going to say to Jonathan's point. If it's PPR, then I think like Antonio Brown's value in PPR is just astronomical in my mind. That there are very few people who just are better than him. And I answered this. This was a mailbag question a long time ago, where someone was asking if they should trade a bunch of people for Antonio Brown, and I was just like, I was like, yeah, like Antonio Brown in PPR, you know, he's going to get like. 10 plus targets a game, you know, at least eight of those are going to go for receptions. And each one of those is probably going to be 10 yards. So he's more or less going to end up with like eight catches for a hundred plus yards and probably a touchdown. And in a PPR league, that is just too much value to pass up in any set stretch of the imagination. And I think Brown's the only name I can come up with, which would give you equal value. Yeah. Um, you can't go with any other running back. I would not go with any quarterback at that position, especially if you're going PPR, you're talking wide receiver. Right. Uh, you, tight end is out. Quarterback is out, and there's no running back that's going to be equal value. You're you're losing on on one of those ends on that point. But if you can get Antonio Brown, he's one of the few wide receivers who is consistent, especially in PPR, consistently good numbers on those things week in week out. He's going to get those numbers, even when Big Ben doesn't get big numbers. Uh, Antonio Brown is going to get them. He's probably the only player I would put on a group list where we're talking about trading him head up for Kareem Hunt. Excellent. Excellent. That is two, two league questions that we have solved so far in this podcast. This is why you tune in people. This is why you come to the RB one podcast because we self-indulge our own leagues and you listen to it. <laughs> okay. Then how about I try to put up one here that I, I did propose. Yes. It was interesting. I thought it was, it was interesting. Uh, the, and the setup has to include the fact that this guy has two people he's starting. I, I'm trying to remember who the other running backs are, but the third running back on his roster is Melvin. Or sorry, I keep doing that. <laughs> Mark Ingram. Uh, so Mark Ingram is the the third back on the roster. So I was like, if I can get Mark Ingram, that would be nice. I have Terrell Pryor in that league. I offered that as an option. His wide receiver group is a good team right now. He didn't maybe need a ton of help, but Ingram anyhow. So I was giving him an option of somebody who could have possible high side. But I was going for Mark Ingram for Terrell Pryor. 
that one got rejected, but I don't think it's a crazy trade at least. I like that. I think that's again an instance where you are for either party, right? You're if you're selling Terrell Pryor, you're you know, you're expecting you're selling him with the potential of upside to someone. You're pitching that as like, yeah, he hasn't really started yet, but imagine what'll happen when he clicks with Kirk Cousins. And then for Mark Ingram, I think no matter how much, for whatever reason, it's the same thing in my mind with the Bills and their seemingly lack of uh of affection towards Tyrod Taylor, right? Every year at the end of the year, the bills are kind of like, well, are we really sure Tyrod Taylor's our starting quarterback? The saints seem to do this with Mark Ingram too. Like Mark Ingram just rushed for a thousand yards last year. And the saints were like, well, maybe we should draft a running back and bring in the greatest quarter running back of the last generation. Um, It never fails to see that like Mark Ingram eventually pays off as the lead running back in new Orleans. So I think that's, I think that's a good, exchange on both sides and here you give me a little bit more background the receivers he's got he's got crabtree and then behind that though is pierre garçon brandon marshall kenny Britt, josh doxson oh yeah you make that move but it didn't happen <laughs> i i want more for mark ingram because i i'm with you guys i don't understand the hate on mark ingram uh last year finished top 10 in points per game for running backs. And like you guys said, he just always seems to end up there. He's not spectacular. He doesn't give you a ton of huge games. And I think this year, everybody was really worried about Adrian Peterson. And I think if you watch the saints play for these first few weeks, you're not worried about Adrian Peterson anymore. The real threat is if they decide to just go to Kamara and see what they have there because they're, you know, what, two and 10 or something right. at the end of the year. Uh, so I'd be a terrible year that they didn't play four games. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, man. There's a lot of stuff going on politically. It's true. Right? The, the yeah, NFL league could know. just the NFL league could just stop for four games. I'm not Trump saying might, that's not out of the possibility. Trump might shut it down. Executives. Yeah, I mean, you know, you don't know what's going <laughs> to come. Is, it's coming right around the train track. Yeah, yeah I, I reject this one. I, I like Ingram, and I'm going to want to squeeze you. I'm going to want to get something more out of you for him here. No, oh, but you would counter at least. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not insulting, but it's like nice first offer. Let's like actually talk. Let's go get some wings and work this out. See, and I always believe in the counter offer unless it is, yeah, just crazy. Right. And that one, yeah, I think you could definitely construct a counter offer around that. Because um, I think Terrell Pryor is a good building block for Mark Ingram. All right, I will give you my second one and, and maybe my last one. Maybe we'll go into start and sits after this. But uh, my trade was built around... David Johnson for Tariq Cohen and Devontae Parker. Now, that might sound absurd on paper, but let's remember that you're selling high on Tariq Cohen here, and presumably this trade is going down now. This trade isn't going down when David Johnson sneaks his way back into the league, which I think is not supposed to be for another like four to five weeks. Uh, this is a trade going down now. You're selling high on Tariq Cohen, and you're selling – you're selling on the expectation that Devontae Parker could have a very established role in Miami's offense. Uh, yeah. Who says no? It, it depends on your roster. Does your league have the IR slot? No. So, and this is not, this is, this is me. Now I'm, I've delved into the realm of hypotheticals. I was just going off of ESPN standard or Yahoo standards, uh, or at least the ESPN leagues that I play in do not have an IR slot. So he would cost this under this assumption, David Johnson costs you a roster spot. 
because I do have David Johnson in a couple of leagues where I'm I'm able to keep him on an, a separate IR slot, and then I'm definitely not doing anything to get rid of that because it's the other problem I have with trading one guy for two is obviously just means you're cutting somebody, right? Just nothing. But maybe maybe you toss in like a, a you know a really bad your worst receiver like you know someone who's populating your bench to make space for Devonte parker who's got more upside and Tariq cohen i mean i think if you're stacked you stand pat with david johnson um but i think parker and cohen that's a good deal um we always put a timeline on injuries of oh we expect him to be back in three weeks and ask the colts how that's gone it's, this year <laughs> good you point. know so I mean, it, he might be back in four weeks, and then I, I still think it's a fairly straight trade. I'm a huge Parker fan, and I think Cohen is just going to be – he's a thing. He's not a flash in the pan. I think he's going to be a real thing. So if you need it and you can move someone, uh, and you can move him for Parker and Cohen, and those guys are going to start for you, yeah, kind of – I love him. Don't get me wrong. He, you know, Johnson is amazing, but, yeah, I'll definitely take Parker and Cohen for him right now. Yeah, at this point, if I'm actually going to be planning, like if I have a roster constructed in such a way that that Parker is going to be even a flex for me at this point, then I think, yeah, I would do it. Cohen, and I I write a Thursday night preview on a different site, so I've done the research for the the, the Packers-Bears games on this. And uh, Spoiler this one, alert! <laughs> but, you know, and as we know, I'm on SB Nation's Packers blog as well, so I've done some fantasy writing for their site as well on the Packer game. But Cohen leads that team in targets. He's their leading receiver, yards and everything. It's just like it is ridiculous on that team. There is they are counting on him to be most of that team, other than Jordan Howard one time running for some yards this year. Uh Cohen has been everything on that team. He's yeah. targets and receptions and yards, and he's right up there in rushing yards as well. He's right there with him. Yeah, their two running backs are their best two offensive players. And that's all right if your coach is dedicated to playing defense and giving it to the running backs somehow. So Cohen's fine. He's not going to go away. I mean, he could – never mind. I'm not even going to bring up injury. That could happen any time. But <laughs> Cohen, Cohen's for real. Like, this is – I mean, God, I feel stupid saying this. Like, this is yeah. the guy that had D'Angelo Williams and Jonathan Stewart play for forever together, right? That is super true, and that's a very good point. That is something where I think is now kind of been overshadowed in this world of like running back committees is the scourge of the earth and the end-all, be-all, or not the end-all, be-all, but the end of all fantasy production. But you forget that there were times, I mean, yes, Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams is a great example. Currently, also, like uh, Devontae Freeman and Telvin Coleman still have both independent fantasy value despite being on the same team i think that jordan howard and Tariq cohen are going to have roles fairly well defined for each one of them that will still be able to produce fantasy you know top-notch fantasy value for both of them and there'll be so much there for the running backs it's not so splitting much. a running back role it's splitting the running back role on a team that really just does not have much else right yeah and second on the bears and targets is zach miller I like Zach Miller. I I like him. He seems good. I just just think you just need to, at at some point, and I know John will never do this because 
he's a Packers fan. But at some level, you kind of have to pour some out for Bears fans because you just you spent a first round pick on Kevin White, and Kevin White was supposed to be the next receiver. I mean, the guy was big, fast, could do everything, get contested balls, and he just can't stay healthy. And now you're just completely barren at the wide receiver position. And what the heck are you going to do? And then you're going to invest another first round pick in a wide receiver. And you're hoping that pans out. It is, it's tough to see, tough to see a position just get absolutely decimated by injury. Yeah. Talk about snake bit. You get some guy comes out of nowhere in Cam Meredith. who's a good player. Like, he- yeah. Super solid, and and then he blows out his ACL. I mean, God. that's ugh. yeah, that's rough for the Bears fans out there. Y'all have suffered long enough, Bears fans. I'm I'm pulling nope. for a, a turnaround. <laughs> Resident Packer fan chiming in. Hashtag TBSS. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, do either of you guys have a final trade scenario that you want to propose before we jump into some surprising start and sits? I've got one more, and we've kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. Um, would you trade for a QB? Uh, would you trade for Tom Brady right now? Would you give up the running back 11, the wide receiver 15 for Tom Brady? We've got Tariq Cohen at number 13, Mike Gillisley at 12. Jeez, I would give up Mike, Mike Gillisley for Brady in a heartbeat. Yeah, Gillisley, yeah. I think, I, I think that RB2, yeah, I think I would give so up. You would, you, so y'all would trade a, a decent starter – and standard for for Tom Brady, I would too. So everybody in my league, y'all listen to that because uh, <laughs> Brady's himself. <laughs> but here's the thing: he's a Patriots running back, and who knows if he's starting in two right. weeks? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like it's hard. I don't necessarily want to trade for quarterbacks because after you've got one of the top couple, if you don't have one of those, if you don't have Ryan or Rogers or Brady, then you're kind of in a group with everybody else who's kind of mixing some things in and trying to hope that maybe today is the day that Cam Newton decides he can play football again or something like that. But I, I, think, I, I guess I think, yeah, the, that's the, the real question is, would you give up a starter that you like to get the top quarterback? It's not really Tom Brady, but would you give up your RB two? would you give up your wide receiver two for a quarterback? I think the only, I think the way you do this trade is if you, draft you drafted someone who hasn't performed and we've mentioned some names but i think it would be even one maybe one step above that but a a wide receiver who hasn't exactly performed up to this point and you can sell on potential and you've already found a replacement for them because of the fact that they've had a slow start uh like a name and i don't know if this exactly would translate but someone who comes to mind is like mike evans who has not been the dominant force that you know most people expected and you drafted him probably as your fourth or fifth wide receiver off the board uh in most drafts that's someone who if you found a way to kind of through shrewd maneuvering on the waiver wire or just by you know happenstance like you had stefan Diggs that you drafted way late because you didn't trust the viking you know quarterback situation and now suddenly you're like well mike evans is just kind of here sitting on my bench and i don't really need him he might be a big, big enough name that you can then pitch to someone and be like, hey, you know, Mike Evans was the top wide receiver last year in fantasy. He's going to click eventually. What do you got for me? Yeah, my thoughts is I have Tom Brady all over the place just because I 
didn't see anybody in the second and third round, late in the second round, early in the third round that I really liked this year. I thought he was a pretty surefire bet, but I'd have to change my shorts if somebody offered me Mike Evans for Tom Brady. So, <laughs> so I, th- I think if you can get, if you've got Tom Brady and you and you drafted a decent backup who's who's playing well, I, th- yeah. I think you move him. Uh, people love those big quarterback numbers, but like you guys mentioned, it's it's easy to get about ninety percent to that. So trade him. I, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I think my point was more for RB2, I'd consider it, but not a wide receiver, too. I don't think I would do that. There you go. Excellent. Uh, so we figured to give you, you know, obviously we come onto this podcast. We don't want to just spout fantasy advice and information at you. We want to do it in fun, entertaining ways. And and so that's, you know, what we've been doing. Uh, but we wanted to make sure to give you a little preparation for week four and what's coming ahead of us. So we figured we would give uh, a start and a, or a start or a sit. I just have one start. That's all I've got. Uh, however, there is a caveat to this because, of course, we can't just do it blandly and basically. Hey, man, how am I going to break the rules if they're not a little uh, bit complicated? Exactly. That's the point is I have to overcomplicate all these rules so Clark can completely rearrange them to make them his own. And that's just that's the way it works thing. Um, we learned from week three that, you know, none of us know anything about football. Uh, so I figured <laughs> in constructing this this uh, haphazard rule set, I figured that the best thing to do then is to think outside the box and make a surprise fun you know, kind of uh, enticing a start or sit pick uh, for week four. Uh, so I'll start to kind of set the mood. I'm going to say start Jared Goff. What's crazy? I know. Uh, but I believe in him. He's scored 15. If you're going ESPN standard scoring 15 plus points in two out of his three starts uh, and the Cowboys have just given up in the last two weeks, 22 points to Trevor Simeon and 21 points to Carson Palmer next week. The Rams are clicking. There's, Sean McVay has done wonders with that offense. Todd Gurley's on full force. The Cowboys' secondary is banged up, and they're not fully you know, functioning at the top level. This also plays into my staff picks, in which I have the Rams upsetting the Dallas Cowboys. So, you know, a little bit of favoritism there. But uh, Jared Goff is someone who I'm saying you should keep eyes on if you're streaming quarterbacks. He might not be the worst one to do. Oh, Pete. Uh, Clark clearly agrees wholeheartedly. Pete, no. no. (laughs) Jared Goff has put up 15 points two out of his three starts. Uh, Jared Goff has played Indianapolis and San Francisco for two out of his three starts. Uh, And he's taken advantage. The Cowboys are next victim. Uh, yeah. Defense hasn't been stellar yet. I oh, I'm not there yet. With Clark, Jared Goff. Put this, I, put the Red Lobster meal that I that I owe you on this right now. Under 15 points for this week. Sanders under 15 score? points. If you, if, oh yeah, if, yeah, if, yeah, he yeah. Goes, if he goes under 15, then I'll double the Red Lobster meal that I owe you. That's fine. I'm in. Perfect. I love uh, it. Yeah, that's. Yeah, this is this is a fun one for sure because I know there are people out there in their leagues looking at their quarterback situation and thinking, "Am I about to do this?" Uh, so I, I think this is a fun question. Yeah, I mean, it's not totally out of the realm of possibility that the Rams have completely turned it around and Sean McVay is just amazing. But man, no, I don't think so. Not yet. 
I just like how by the end of this by the end of this NFL season, I'll probably owe Clark upwards of a hundred different Red Lobster dinners. You're gonna have to fly to Austin, and we're gonna go to the Chili's <laughs> in Hyde Park. It's gonna Perfect. be fun. I'm all there. Uh, John, give us give us your uh, enticing start or sit for Week Four. Um, one start that I, I think is interesting right now. Uh, going back to Trevor Simeon, I think people are gonna be a little down. He had the two interception game. We talked about it. Uh, on the, the Monday night in the Tuesday uh, podcast that we did. I still think they're going to throw. He attempted 40 passes in that game. Uh, he's still going to be a guy who's going to get some yards, and he's going back home. And he's going to be against Oakland, boat raced by by Washington. <laughs> he's going to be back home where he's comfortable, uh, where he's going to be playing in front of his fans. Oakland's defense, as we stated, is not – it doesn't exist. It's not a thing. Um, it's a It's a fantasy of its own. Uh, and he's probably going to have to throw at some point because Oakland's probably going to come out with a bunch of anger and try to erase the fact that they they lost so badly last week. So I think he's going to have a lot of step back and throws, and I think he's going to score touchdowns. He's got a good receiving core. He's got uh, running backs behind him. I think he's going to have a good game this week. I mean, remember his first two games, I mean, he was throwing. He threw two touchdowns first game, four in the second. He used 20-plus, 25-plus going into that. Uh, last week was the fluke. Uh, start him this week. I can't complain. I love it. Yeah, I, I think that's a good decision, and that segues nicely into my start and sit. Uh, I think you got to sit Michael Crabtree this week against those Broncos, and uh, I don't like telling people to sit somebody without giving them an option here. Paul Richardson for the Seahawks is owned in, I think, less than 20% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, Crabtree's going to go against that just really amazing Broncos secondary and Paul Richardson has made some plays. Hasn't had a giant breakout game yet, but I think with the Seahawks looking for anybody that can contribute Richardson's showed that if uh, Wilson puts the ball near him, he will pull it in. Uh, he's got a couple of couple of games in a row with the touchdown. Uh, Michael Crabtree's had a bunch of stellar games, uh, and, and that's one of the problems with projecting a three-week performance for the whole season. And that's just not how the NFL works. I mean, if you have four touchdowns and you know 300, 600 yards through the first three games, you're not going to get 2,700 yards <laughs> and 28 touchdowns. So Michael Crabtree's come out like a house on fire. I think that this is just an off week for him, and I think you can go out and pick up Paul Richardson, and you're going to get more points out of him this week. Because the Seahawks are playing the Colts, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. The Indianapolis just, Colts. Which is always just free points, basically, now. Yeah. I mean, it's a matchup play, right? I mean, a much better receiver going against an amazing defense and a less talented receiver going against, you know, uh, as an AFC South fan, a laughably bad Colts team. The Texas fan prevails. <laughs> Got to get my one shot in there, you know. Naturally, I would expect nothing less from you. So there you go, everyone. There is some some solid, uh, concrete fantasy advice to to end out the podcast. And quickly, I have, before- a, I have a I have a bonus edition. Oh my God, Clark! You always change the rules. Edition. I know. I have a bonus edition. All right, what do you got? So it's it's semi injury related, but I still think it's a good play this week. If you got Melvin Gordon, I think you should find a way to pick up Andre Ellington. You sit. Melvin Gordon, and you finally try to capitalize on that talent that I have been just opining over for years of Andre Ellington, if he can just get the workload and stay healthy and all of these things can 
coalesce together under Bruce Arians, it will work. And I don't think the Cardinals have any options. They are struggling. They need something. Kerwin Williams is not the answer. Chris Johnson is not the answer. Andre Ellington is the answer. Melvin Gordon's hurt. His knee is messed up. His knee that he has had trouble with in the past. Sit Melvin Gordon. Start Andre Ellington this weekend. Are you at all perturbed by the fact that Bruce Arians has said Chris Johnson is still the starter going into week four? Not the point. Haven't seen that story, but not the point. <laughs> don't don't, don't worry about with me with facts. Yeah. Ignore the facts. Start Jerron Brown. He's going to be one of those interesting guys from the Cardinals team that you should be looking at more than the backup running backs. Jerron Brown had 11 targets two weeks ago, six this last week. He's going to be a key part of that uh, that passing offense, and he's probably still available in a lot of your leagues. Uh, he's somebody you can pick up, put in that flex position. He's got a huge upside at this point. He's going to be one of those guys, one of those surprise starts that I'm, I'm also interested from in that Cardinals team as they try to figure out what they're doing from here on. I like this. I like this competing Cardinals pickups players to start. So there you go, everyone. If you are a Cardinals fan, uh, according to Clark and John, you're about to have an explosive offensive performance this week. Or nothing. Or (laughs) nothing. Hopefully. (laughs) To wrap this podcast up, let's quickly do, and and quickly I want to stress that, we're going to bang through this real fast. Thursday night preview, Packers versus the Bears. John, resident Packer, give me your pick. And try not Packers to be biased. <laughs> right. <laughs> Packers win 24-10. They're at home. They'll be they'll probably be like halftime and the Packers will tear it out. Uh, yeah. Packers offense is just better. Bears do what the Packers defense is designed to stop. Perfect. Clark, what do you got? The Bears go to Green Bay and upset the Packers. Wow. In a squeaker. Well, not squeaker. 20 to 13. And a very frustrating night for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. The oh, Bears man. run all night and keep it away from him. I'm picking the Bears here. That's That will be a, a very depressing Tuesday podcast if that is the outcome. Uh, I've got the Packers winning. It's going to be a close game that will give both John and my fiance a heart attack. Uh, but Rodgers pulls it off with a win. I got 27-24. Last second touchdown to to put the Packers up top. Excellent. I like it. The best like Thursday it. night preview you'll ever get. Uh, and we didn't we didn't spread our uh, scores too far, but we got a good coverage there. We got a, a, at least one person picking the picking the Bears, so that if they do pull off the miraculous upset, at least we can play it off that Clark was right all along and the podcast was always correct. So there you go, hundred percent. We've got every base <laughs> covered. We're batting guys. a thousand. Uh, with that, uh, make sure to follow us all on Twitter because we are just as lively and entertaining on the uh, Twitter sphere as we are on this podcast. You can follow me at PM Rogers, follow John at jbarn 54 and Clark at NFL Clark. Make sure to follow the podcast itself at RB one podcast. We post, uh, polls that we'd love for people to participate in. We're going to start, uh, tweeting out asking for your fantasy questions, which we'll answer on the podcast. So make sure you get in on that. Uh, we'll be good pull, given pull quotes at the whole nine yards of information, everything from this podcast, nicely broken down and digestible onto our Twitter. So make sure to follow that. Make sure to go onto iTunes and subscribe, uh, rate us, give us five stars because you love our fantasy advice. Give us one star because you have lost multiple games because of our fantasy advice. We'll take anything. Um, Don't, 
but yeah, that's all we've got. Uh, we will see you on, well, you won't see us, but you will hear us on Tuesday next week for the week four recap. And until then, never forget that we, unlike the rest of the internet world, care about your fantasy team. Until next week. Go back up.